Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading. In Chapter 26, the transition with section 9, the immediacy of salvation. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for touching in with the lesson for the day, which is today is lesson 283. My true identity abides in you. And you is capitalized, but oh, I've gotten to take off the tongue. All right, one second. Good morning and welcome. All right. Um. Well, let me turn to one of my favorite things to do. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your beautiful noetic openings for the call this morning? Why do I ever, Lemoyne? I didn't have to go very far for it. As regards this identity we share, Helen wrote this beautiful poem called The Singing Reed. It goes like this. My eyes would look upon the Son of God, for this I came to overlook the world and seeing it forgiven understand its holiness is but the truth in me Christ walks forth in every step I take God shines within me lighting up the world in radiant joy the Holy Spirit comes with me lest I should turn and lose the way for God has given me a goal to reach and has made certain that I cannot fail and so he gave me eyes to see beyond appearances and shadows I will see the Son of God exactly as he is and in that sight is all the world transformed and blessed forever with the love of God how holy are my footsteps which but go to do the will of God whose son I am and how forever perfect is my will which is in no way separate from his own my true identity abides in you amen 
Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank great. you so much. Thank you, Lori. That really is beautiful. Thank you. What a legacy, huh? Thanks, you guys. Thank you, Laurie. Okay, this morning with us in reading, I have Laurie, Bran, Jennifer, Karen, Lana, and Jessica. And with us in listening, I have Kristen and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, this is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Anyone else? Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, Okay, sorry, the board is sort of spazzing out on me here. See if I can get back to the reading. <laughs> Lovely. the delay gave away my course a month ago I should have replaced it by now okay all right I'll get us started then with chapter 26 the transition section 9 the immediacy of salvation The one remaining problem that you have is that you see an interval between the time when you forgive and will receive the benefits of trust. Read that again. 
The one remaining problem that you have is that you see an interval between the time when you forgive and will receive the benefits of trust. This but reflects the little you would keep between yourselves that you might be a little separate. For time and space are one illusion which takes different forms. If it has been projected beyond your minds, you think of it as time. The nearer it is brought to where it is, the more you think of it in terms of space. And Lori? Um, chapter 26, the transition, section 9, the immediacy of salvation. The one remaining problem that you have is that you see an interval between the time when you forgive and will receive the benefits of trust. This but reflects the little you would keep between yourselves that you might be a little separate. For time and space are one illusion which takes different forms. If it has been projected beyond your minds, you think that it's time. The nearer it is brought to where it is, the more you think of it in terms of space. There is a distance you would keep apart from one another. In this space you see as time, because you still believe you are external to each other. This makes trust impossible. And you cannot believe that trust would settle every problem now. Thus do you think it's safer to remain a little careful and a little watchful of interests perceived as separate. From this perception, you cannot conceive of gaining what forgiveness offers now. The interval, you think, lies in between the giving and receiving of the gift seems to be one in which you sacrifice and suffer loss you see eventual salvation, but not immediate results. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? 69. There is a distance you would keep apart from one another. And this space you see as time, because you will still believe you are external to each other. This makes trust impossible. And you cannot believe that trust would settle every problem now. Thus do you think it's safer to remain a little careful and a little watchful of interest perceived as separate. <clears throat> From this perception, you cannot conceive of gaining what forgiveness offers now. The interval you think lies in between the giving and receiving of the gift seems to be one in which you sacrifice and suffer loss. You see eventual salvation, not immediate results. 70. Salvation is immediate. Unless you so perceive it, you will be afraid of it, believing that the risk of loss is great between the time its purpose is made yours and its effects will come to you. In this form, is the error still obscured that it is the source of fear? Salvation would wipe out the space you see between you still and let you instantly become as one. And it is here, 
you fear the loss would lie. Do not project this fear to time, for time is not the enemy that you perceive. Time is as neutral as the body is, except in terms of what you see it for. If you would keep a little space between you still, you want a little time in which forgiveness is withheld a little while. This makes the interval between the time in which forgiveness is withheld and given seem dangerous with terror justified. Thank you, Fran. And Jennifer? 70. Salvation is immediate. Unless you so perceive it, you'll be afraid of it. Believing that the risk of loss is great between the time its purpose is made yours and its effects will come to you. In this form is the error so obscured that is the source of fear. Salvation would wipe out the space you see between you still and let you instantly become as one. And it is here you fear the loss would lie. Do not project this fear to time. For time is not the enemy that you perceive. Time is an Neat time as neutral as the body is except in terms of what you see it for. If you would keep a little space between you still, you want a little time in which forgiveness is withheld a little while. This makes the interval between the time in which forgiveness is withheld and given seem dangerous with terror justified. 71. The space between you is apparent now and cannot be perceived in future time. No more can it be overlooked except within the present. No more can it be overlooked except within the present. Future loss is not your fear. But present joining is your dread. <laughs> Who can feel desolation except now? The future cause as yet has no effect. And therefore, must it be that if you fear, there is a present cause. And it is this that needs correction, not a future state. Thank you, Jennifer and Karen. Seventy-one. Yet space between you is apparent now and cannot be perceived in future time. No more can it be overlooked except within the present. Future loss is not your fear, but present joining is your dread. Who can feel desolation except now? A future cause as yet has no effects, and therefore must it be that if you fear, there is a present cause. And it is this that needs correction, not a future state. 72. The plans you make for safety 
All are laid within the future where you cannot plan. No purpose has been given it as yet, and what will happen has as yet no cause. Who can predict effects without a cause? And who could fear effects unless he thought they had been caused and judged disastrous now? Belief in sin arouses fear, and like its cause, is looking forward, looking back, but overlooking what is here and now. Yet only here and now its cause must be. If its effects already have been judged as fearful, and in overlooking this, is it protected and kept separate from healing? I'm going to read that again. Yet only here and now its cause must be if its effects already have been judged as fearful. And in overlooking this, is it protected and kept separate from healing? For a miracle is now. It stands already here in present grace within the only interval of time which sin and fear have overlooked, but which is all there is to time. The working out of all correction takes no time at all. Okay, thank you, Karen. And Lana. Okay, I hope the background noise isn't too bad. Uh, 7D2. The plans you make for safety all are laid within the future where you cannot plan. No purpose has been given it as yet. And what will happen has as yet no cause. Who can predict effects without a cause? And who could fear effects unless he thought they had been caused and judged? disastrous now. Belief in sin arouses fear and, like its cause, is looking forward, looking back, but overlooking what is here and now. Yet only here and now, its cause must be if its effects already have been judged as fearful. And in overlooking this, is its per- is it protected and kept separate from healing. For a miracle is now. It stands already here in present grace within the only interval of time which sin and fear have overlooked, but which is all there. I'm sorry, let me read that again. It stands already here in present grace within the only interval of time which sin and fear have overlooked, but which is all there, but which is all there is to time. The working out of all correction takes no time at all. 73. Yet the acceptance of the working out can seem to take forever, 
the change of purpose the Holy Spirit brought to your relationship has in all has in it all effects that you will see. They can be looked at now. Why wait till they unfold in time and fear they may not come, although already there? You have been told that everything brings good that comes from God, and yet it seems as if this is not so. Good in disasters form is difficult to credit in advance, nor is there really sense in this idea. Thank you, Lana. And Jessica. Thanks. 73. Yet the acceptance of the working out can seem to take forever. The change of purpose the Holy Spirit brought to your relationship has in it all effects that you will see. They can be looked at now. Why wait till they unfold in time and fear and fear they may not come, although already here, already there. (laughs) You have been told that everything brings good that comes from God, and yet it seems as if this is not so. Good in disastrous form is difficult to credit in advance, nor is there really sense in this idea. 74. Why? should the good appear in evil's form? And is it not deception if it does? Its cause is here if it appears at all. Why are not its effects apparent then? Why in the future? And you seek to be content with sighing and with, quote, reasoning. You do not understand it now, but will someday. And then its meaning will be clear. This is not reason, for it is unjust and clearly hints at punishment until the time of liberation is at hand. Given a change of purpose for the good, there is no reason for an interval in which disaster strikes to be perceived as, quote, good someday, but now in form of pain. This is a sacrifice of now, which could not be the cost the Holy Spirit asked for, what he gave without a cost at all. Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra. 74. Why should the good appear in evil's form? And is it not deception if it does its cause is here if it appears at all why are not its effects apparent then why in the future and you seek to be content with finding and with reasoning you do not understand it now but will someday and then it's meeting excuse me And then its meaning will be clear. This is not reason, for it is unjust and clearly hints at punishment until the time of liberation is at hand. 
Given a change of purpose for the good, there is no reason for an interval in which disaster strikes to be perceived as, quote, good, someday, but now in form of pain. This is a sacrifice of now, which could not be the cost the Holy Spirit asks for what he gave without a cost at all. 75. Yet this illusion has, sorry, yet this illusion has a cause which, though untrue, must be already in your mind. And this illusion is but one effect which it engenders and one form in which its outcome is perceived. This interval in time, when retribution is perceived to be the form in which the good, in quotes, appears, is but one aspect of the little space that lies between you, unforgiven, still. Shh, so true. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 75 and 76? A new reader for 75 and 6? I would love to, LeMoyne. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. 75. Yet this illusion has a cause, which, through though untrue, must be already in your mind. I'm going to read that again. Yet this illusion has a cause, which, though untrue, must be already in your mind. And this illusion is but one effect which it engenders and one form in which its outcome is perceived. This interval in time when retribution is perceived to be the form in which the quote good unquote appears is but one aspect of the little space that lies between you, unforgiven still. Be not content with future happiness. It has no meaning and is not your just reward. For you have cause for freedom now. What profits freedom in a prisoner's form? Why should deliverance be disguised as death? Delay is senseless, and the, quote, reasoning, unquote, which would maintain effects of present cause must be delayed until a future time is merely a denial of the fact that consequence and cause must come as one. Look not to time, but to the little space between you still to be delivered from. And do not let it be disguised as time and so preserved because its form is changed and what is cannot be recognized. The Holy Spirit's purpose now is yours. Should not his happiness be yours as well? 
Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader who would like to conclude with 76? Another new reader for paragraph 76? Okay. Um, I can read. Oh, you want to read? Go ahead. Please do, Diane. Be not content with future happiness. It has no meaning and it's not your just reward. Or you have cause for freedom now. What profits freedom, sorry, what profits freedom in a, I'm out of breath, in a prisoner's form? Why should deliverance be disguised as death? The delay is senseless, and the quote, reasoning, unquote, that would maintain effects of present cause must be delayed until a future time is merely a denial of the fact that consequence and cause must come as one. To look not to time, but to the little space between the still to be delivered from, and do not let it be disguised as time, and so preserved because its form is changed in what it is not, I'm sorry, and what it is cannot be recognized. The Holy Spirit's purpose now is yours, not his happiness be yours as well. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> okay. Um, Yeah, I'd hope we have time to read this again because I we're, well, <laughs> there's the time thing. <laughs> we're close to the top of the hour. So. I'll try and, and do a little summary here of uh, the immediacy of salvation from the transition. Chapter 26. And just to put, the, put a little tight little loop on it here, this is where he starts, where he ended here, um, is where he starts. The one remaining problem that you have is that you see an interval between the time when you forgive and, and say the time, insert that, you will receive the benefits of trust. One remaining problem that you have is that you see an interval between the time when you forgive 
and then will receive the benefits of trust. This but reflects the little you would keep between yourselves that you might be a little separate. For time and space are one illusion which takes different forms. There is a distance you would keep apart from one another, and this space you see as time because you still believe you are external to each other. The interval you think lies between the giving and receiving of the gift seems to be one in which you sacrifice and suffer loss. You see eventual salvation, not immediate result. From 70, salvation is immediate. Unless you so perceive it, you will be afraid of it, believing that the risk of loss is great between the time its purpose is made yours and its effects will come to you. In this form is the error still obscured that is the source of fear. Salvation would wipe out the space you see between you still and let you instantly become as one. And it is here you fear the loss would lie. Do not project this fear to time, for time is not the enemy you perceive. Time is as neutral as the body is, except in terms of what you see it for. If you would keep a little space between you still, you want a little time in which forgiveness is withheld a little while. This makes the interval between the time in which forgiveness is withheld and given seem dangerous. Yet space between you is apparent now and cannot be perceived in future time. No more can it be overlooked except within the present. Future loss is not your fear, but present joining is your dread. Who can feel desolation except now? A future cause has no effect. And therefore, it must it be that if you fear, there is a present cause. And it is this that needs correction, not a future state. Belief in sin arouses fear, and like its cause, is looking forward, looking back, but overlooking what is here and now. Yet only here and now its cause must be if its effects have already been judged as fearful. And in overlooking this, it is protected and kept separate from healing. For a miracle is now. It stands already here in present grace, within the only interval of time which sin and fear have overlooked, but which is all there is to time. The working out of all corrections takes no time at all. <clears throat> Yet the acceptance of the working out can seem to take forever. 
Good in disasters form is difficult to credit in advance, nor is there really sense in this idea. Okay. Why should the good appear in evil form? And is it not deception if it does? Its cause is here if it appears at all. Appears at all. Why are it not its effects apparent then? Why in the future? And you seek to be content. <laughs> I know I've done this. And they seek to be content with sighing and with reasoning. You do not understand it now, but will someday. And then its meaning will be clear. This is not reason, for it is unjust and clearly hints at punishment until the time of liberation is at hand. This is a sacrifice of now, which could not be the cost the Holy Spirit asks for what he gave without a cost at all. Yet this illusion has a cause, which though untrue must already be and must be already in your mind. And this illusion is but one effect which it engenders and one form in which its outcome is perceived. This interval in time when retribution is perceived to be the form in which the, quote, good appears is but one aspect of the little space that lies between you, unforgiven still. Be not content with future happiness. It has no meaning and is not your just reward, for you have cause for freedom now. Delay is senseless, and the reasoning, quote-unquote, which would maintain effect of present cause must be delayed until a future time, is merely a denial of the fact that consequence and cause must come as one. Look not to time, but to the little space between you still to be delivered from. And do not let it be disguised as time and so preserved because its form is changed and what it is cannot be recognized. The Holy Spirit's purpose now is yours. Should not his happiness be yours as well? Thank you, Lamont, well, for that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, friend. I hope that was helpful. Um, and yes, thank you. Here we are again at time, <laughs> and it is just a little past the top of the hour when we like to practice um, touching in with the lesson for the day. So I ask you give your attention to Fran. As she leads us with lesson 283. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is the Holy Spirit? And today's lesson is lesson 283. My true identity abides in you. 
Thus, we'll read some from What is the Spirit, and then we'll go over to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. The goal, the Holy Spirit's teaching, thus, is just this end of dreams. For sights and sounds must be translated from the witnesses of fear to those of love. And when this is entirely accomplished, learning has achieved the only goal it has in truth. For learning, as the Holy Spirit guides it to the outcome he perceives for it, becomes the means to go beyond itself, to be replaced by the eternal truth. If you but knew how much your father yearns to have you recognize your sinlessness, you would not let his voice appeal in vain nor turn away from his replacement for the fearful images and dreams you made. The Holy Spirit understands the means you made by which you would attain what is forever unattainable. And if you offer them to him, he will employ the means you made for exile to restore your mind to where it truly is at home. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 283. My true identity abides in you. Father, I made an image of myself, and this, this I call the Son of God. Yet is creation as it always was, for your creation is unchangeable. Let me not worship idols. I am he my Father loves. His holiness remains the light of heaven and the love of God. Is not what is belonged of you secure? Is not the life of heaven infinite? Is not your son my true identity when you created everything that is? Now are we one in shared identity with God our Father as our only source and everything created part of us. And so we offer blessing to all things, uniting lovingly with all the world, which our forgiveness has made one with us. Lesson 283, my true identity abides in you. Five minutes.
Lesson 283, my true identity abides in you. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. That's a beautiful lesson. It's really great. I love it. Oh, isn't it but it's beautiful? Yes. It's so encouraging. My true identity abides in you. Even if I don't realize it every hour of the day, that's the truth. And I know that. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Good morning. This is Sandra. And my true identity abides in God. And God sees me complete and healed and whole. The question is, how do I see myself? Um, I don't think I've seen myself complete and healed and whole. And so because of that, I have done a lot of overlooking (laughs) instead of forgiving. That's the difference. When I overlook, I'm just prolonging the suffering and the pain. And I really am getting the, it's just so clear to me now, the importance, the absolute importance to my salvation to completely forgive. And what I'm discovering about myself is that it comes off in layers because I'm afraid to forgive. I'm afraid that if I forgive this bad experience, this, this what I judge as bad behavior, will continue. <laughs> and because I overlooked instead of truly forgiving, it did continue. I'm having that experience with my family because it was my family that I did a lot of overlooking instead of truly forgiving. So I'm working on it and I'm realizing the absolute importance of truly forgiving. I'm complete. Oh, that was great. Thank you. Wonderful, Sandra. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. Good morning, this is Jennifer. Um, this lesson, wow, I'm gonna, I really need to look through this again. I've um, had uh, a friend that has really shown me um, this lesson on the sour playing out. And um, I really see it right now. And it's all stems from I have a um, 
uh, there's a, a belief in me, very um, old, old belief that um, there's, there's not enough. There's not enough of, of, of uh, anything. Um, and um, it's in this lifetime, <clears throat> it's an addiction I work with <clears throat> or uh, stay aware of. And um, the answer, and it plays out in my relationships with people, um, and that's the button. That's a huge button. Um, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I always need more, more, more um, on some very deep level. And, um, and in relating with others, I'm going to never get my needs met. So I'm going to keep this fear and that space between you and I, that wall I keep between you and I is a form of, I looked up the word retribution. <laughs> um, and the truth is, um, I believe that I'm not worthy of God's love and that I am not enough because of that belief. So, uh, the cause is this belief, but the truth about me is that I am innocent. So, in present time, um, remembering my innocence and who I really am um, and where I really, the original cause is I am loved just like all of you the same, um, remembering that and making that my focus with myself first in present time heals all, all relating in present time. Um, it blows out guilt. It heals guilt and shame of addiction and the walls that I put up and the, the fear and the retribution of, well, you you did this, and you didn't give me this, and I can't trust you here. And um, innocence blows it all out of the water. And where is innocence? It's in present time. So if my focus is present time and remembering my original cause, which is innocence, and when I remember that I am innocent, then I see everything else is innocent as well. I love this lesson. Thank you. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. It's so true, Jennifer, and I don't have to feel guilty that I don't know how to completely forgive yet. I'm innocent, <laughs> and so is everybody else because they haven't forgiven me either. <laughs> so it's really a key point. Good point. <laughs> 
Hi, it's Jessica. Um, it is definitely difficult to perceive or or understand, accept that quote-unquote disaster in the present is actually not disaster in the present, that it is actually, that there is a gift of salvation in what I think is disaster. If I am able to see it differently and not to see it as just, you know, it's easy to say every situation properly perceived as an opportunity for healing, but that still sort of implies the future, that the healing will happen because of this, and in the future, I will be healed in some, you know, my mind will be healed. But he's telling us here that the healing actually happens right now. You know, um, when I have been injured or had a health uh, crisis, which is usually the most disturbing and hardest to perceive as uh, an immediate healing, but but um, but he's telling us that it can be and that it is. And so, you know, I'm I'm thinking, I'm remembering a couple of years ago when I broke my arm and it was a pretty serious situation. Um, there, you know, there was out. Uh, it it kind of led to my decision to retire, which was uh, in itself a healing process. But the moment of recognition that retire, you know, when when I was sitting there with my broken arm, talking to my friend Catherine, and she said, "Maybe you should stop working." It seemed outrageously ridiculous thing to say, <laughs> but but in that moment, healing happened. the 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 permission or the possibility of doing something different than I had been doing pretty much my whole life, of um, you know focusing my attention on on the healing of others and in that moment of of recognition that I didn't have to keep doing that, and in fact, that was not what needed to continue, there was a tremendous healing in that moment, even though I was sitting there with, I I don't know if I had even gotten the surgery on my arm yet, but... Um... But the healing was happening. It didn't matter what was going on with my body. You know... It, it it seems like the body is the is the sort of evidence of some sort of healing, but and you know sometimes it is sure, but sometimes it's not. It has sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with the healing of the mind. And you could look like a total mess, and your mind could be powerfully healed. Um, and I think that's what he's telling us here, or at least part of what he's telling us. Thanks. I'm complete. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. I agree thank with you. you. Jessica. That was a really important share um, because, of course, in light of the fact that 
one of our beloveds got hurt yesterday. It's like, where do you put that, you know? Um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Reverend Pam had an accident yesterday. And, of course, I thought, well, it just helps you to not be identified with your body, not be identified with your career, not to be identified with um, the mortal reality of who you are. Um, but I brought up the question about this punishment business because when bad things happen, sometimes we feel like, oh, but in this, this is going to get me to a better place. Exactly what Jessica was just saying, you know, that that um, if I interpret this correctly, uh, I perceive it as it's going to lead me to a healing place or a better um, understanding of who I am. You know, it sounds like a lot of psychobabble. And, and in a way, it's saying it's not about the future. Don't place the rewards in the future. It's causing causing a consequence right here in the present, in the same experience, in the now. Um, the only way I can think of it is today in meditation, I felt the Christ light. It was so powerful. And everything dissolved and there was no human body, not just now, earlier today. Um, I didn't feel my body. I wasn't feeling my small self. I wasn't even in my thinking mind trying to process the lesson. It was in the experience of that divine transmission from God. And somehow everything that's going on on the external plane is relevant to that experience. And that's the experience that I need to find in the present, in the now. That's my salvation now. But if I'm holding on to any of the, the information or the identifications with my external reality, my mortal existence, my family, my um, mundane reality, in this body as this persona of Karen, then it's holding on to something that keeps me separate from that oneself reality. And that is what I have to what I have to establish now, right now. It's not in the future and it's not contingent upon anything. My body, my relationships it's not a contingent upon any of these worldly factors. It's what's available to me right now if that's what I'm seeking and in all my willingness, that's what I want. Um, it's a silent place. It's not a place where my mind is even processing the instructions of the course, although sometimes some things come up. And today I was feeling... Um, at, at a different time, not during meditation, but at a different time, I was feeling like a sense of irritation. And it was the same thing. It was like, shut off your uh, external perception and don't, don't say that this is being caused by something externally, but just give it your attention internally by giving it to God 
by praying through the Holy Spirit and and allow that to be transformed. And that's a really hard thing for me because I always forget and I always think it's about this person is irritating me, you know, and that's what I have to unlearn. I have to unlearn. I have to go inside and no, this isn't about anything external. This is just something that's being released to be purified or to move through me, as some people say. Anyway, I hope I'm not rambling, but thank you for letting me share. I read this over and over and over, and I didn't really feel like I could distill the, the, simple, the simple understanding of it. Um, I have some really good notes in my book about it. Um, but even still, I'm not sure if I have it. So, if Lori, if you feel like talking about the text reading, that would be so great. I'm complete. Hmm. That was beautiful, Karen. Thank you. How can I resist that invitation? <laughs> I'm going to um, look at it like this. Is there a gap between my mind and yours? Is there a gap between my mind and yours? And um, without the miracle of of the atonement, uh, my answer would be yes, because there you are over there with your experiences and here I am with mine. Um, And the ego uses, and as an ego I have used time and space um, as tools to maintain separation. Um, Thinking that just as you said, at some point in the future I'll understand or um, at some point in the future you'll knock on my door and I'll know at once that we're one. And the ego, because of body identification, uh, will always um, maintain that there is a distance between my mind and yours. But he says in this work, should one brother, just one brother, dawn upon your awareness as worthy of forgiveness, all of that time and space, all of that gap, that seeming gap between my mind and yours will disappear. And that's the nature of the miracle. Um, I had a friend once. And I'll forever, eternally be grateful to this friend who uh, seemed who seemed to uh, cause a lot of dissonance in me. Uh, something not right, not right, not right, and I didn't know what to attribute it to. And I I thought and thought and thought and prayed and prayed and prayed. If only, if only I could pull this friend into my way of thinking, uh, everything would be right again. 
and I efforted uh, in that direction really hard uh, for a long time put a lot of energy into that sense of pulling and <laughs> nothing was happening and, and I was so distressed because oh if only this person could see it I've done that twice actually I did that twice with two different people now I'm thinking of the first one and, and the first one I said oh if you could just see it my way and that friend looked me in the eye with all sincerity and beauty of soul and said trust me trust me and and that was the greatest gift I could have received in that moment and it set the stage for this this other that came several years later um, where oh if I could only pull you and I efforted as I said for like two years I efforted I can only pull you and uh, and finally <laughs> you know I mean I prayed and everything like that but um, finally <laughs> finally 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 I laid it out to Holy Spirit I need a miracle I need a miracle um, for me I need a miracle and um, suddenly it was in my awareness Lori this gap you think you're pulling someone across where is it it's in my mind and that was probably the greatest healing experience I've ever had uh, because then I realized what he meant when he said your mind is the loveliest of God's creations if you could just see it you're afraid to look within but I'm telling you that your mind is so beautiful when you look within you will see me and all your brothers that's the miracle right there and uh, does that mean that I don't still blabber on <laughs> that this little ego thing doesn't keep blabbering no it doesn't it keeps blabbering but it's just like he said should one brother dawn upon your mind is worthy of forgiveness you'll understand that every brother belongs to you is already in creation part of you God created only mind you within it and it within you and the mind we share is shared by all our brothers and when I see them truly I'm not seeing through this gap this gap that's only in my mind it's my mind that needs correction I need the miracle of oneness to dawn upon my mind I will use time and space yes indeed I will I just did it this weekend you know well that Karen <laughs> you know I tried so hard to be one with her and she kept pushing me away and, and you know oh yeah that's right I am holding that against her but right now right now she belongs to me and when I hurt what belongs to me would I hold off what belongs to me would I lay this chain upon myself this is this is what ego does you know here's another one 
here's another one and I retain this tiny little scrap of of meanness you know and he asked me how many little scraps of meanness do you retain well you know what here's the gift of my brother here's another brother who shows me I'm retaining a little scrap of meanness do I want that in my awareness I can tell you right now I don't you know I've been there done that I bought that t-shirt <laughs> you know for more than 10 years I held against God I held against Christ I held against my brothers a deprivation that wasn't true except in my mind you know and I, I used time against God look what you've done to me look how you've left me here where is that where is that error put in my mind and that's why our brothers are gifts you see because they show me oh here's another little scrap here's another little scrap here's another little scrap until all the splinters in my subconscious are healed through forgiveness you know these scraps are in my mind and um, and when they're gone they're truly gone and uh, and then they're truly gone does that mean that I don't still um, lose my peace no but I'm really quick about uh, realizing what I've done to my mind he asked me um, only two things to soften my heart and to attend to him and when I do uh, I'm restored to truth and that is the recognition that the identity we share is shared by all of us and even in those lost years I kept saying to myself I cannot be separated from myself you know can't be separated I perceive that I am I need to uh, I need to find you I need to find you because you are myself everywhere all the time without this gap in my mind I would use time and space to hide behind a body fence you know but just like yesterday I read the world does not keep you separate you keep yourself separate from the world and when I stopped doing that I realized that my heart is where all God's miracles are and when I soften it and attend to the voice of truth that realization comes to me when now 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 um, and ultimately I think uh, the realization is that Sandra used the word resurrection and I so love it because the only thing that ever dies is that sense of separation and when I leave go of it by not holding on to a cap in my mind it's truly gone and I know how to return to peace
So that's what I think about time and space. I have another friend that, and I did it myself, you know, I did it for years. Oh, God, just take me. This is not my home. But who made it not my home? Except my mind, you know. We don't have to wait for heaven. We don't have to wait till we lay our body down to lay down the sense of separation over and over and over again by just covering these little scraps of retained um, he calls them scraps of meanness and that is what they are it's hard to see it that way um, but when I when I ask for truth um, it restores my mind and I guess I'm complete with that great explanation thank you thank you so much thank Lori. You, Lori yeah thank you so much Lori yeah thank you Lori Ooh, ee, thank you Lori thank you Karen um <laughs> This is Jude. I um, had to laugh when Lemoyne was reading that part about sighing and um, in the text where it talks about, you know, i got to go through this pain again today and, and, and um, this idle image that I've made of myself thinking that I'm a body and uh, how I suffer from the illusion of being in time and space because all thinking is, time and 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 space is just you know projecting it outside of myself i mean the text makes that pretty clear how that time space illusion functions from my own mind and and perpetuating uh, an unreality of myself and i think the distinction is 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 being made clear in um you know, and, it, and it's made so clear time and time again in, in, in um, the earlier lessons, the first 100 lessons. And I'm just going to read a little bit from Lesson 93, where it speaks of the truth of me, of how God created me, being purely mind in the service of the, the one soul, one spirit, in our unity, in our, in our state of grace, and thinking of myself and identifying Myself with that, that only loving thoughts are true, and that light and joy and peace abide in me. I am as God is, in Lesson 93. But it speaks of, um, you know, us looking at our bodies as being the home of evil, darkness, and sin, and the, the, you know, the idea of being a poisonous snake. You know, that's how we look at each other. We don't trust each other. We don't like each other. We, we judge and evaluate each other on what we do in this image we've made of ourselves. And it speaks to it, speaks to this, um, you know, that these beliefs are so firmly fixed, it's difficult to help us ourselves see that they are based on nothing that this image of Judy is really nothing on her own. And everything that she perceives through this 
idol false image of a body self means nothing. I, she gives meaning to everything that she perceives. And the text speaks of this be- the beauty of waking from this dream, the dream that I'm perceiving a world through a fearful image of being in a body. Being in a body is what makes me feel afraid and alone and isolated. And, and the constant seeking outside of Judy to find fulfillment and contentment and peace and joy outside of herself. That's the ego seeking in time and space. What's never attainable, it says it right in the text today. <laughs> God save me from time and space. Um, but this lesson is so beautiful. It's the self we made is not the capital son of God, Therefore, this self does not exist at all. It's, you know, this is why it's a dream. It's an illusion. And anything it seems to do and seems to think means nothing. It is neither bad nor good. It is unreal and nothing more than that. It does not battle with the capital Son of God. It does not hurt him nor attack his peace. It has not changed creation nor reduced eternal sinlessness to sin and love to hate. What power can this self you made possess when it would contradict the will of God? We cannot contradict the will of God. (laughs) Nothing can touch it nor change what God created as eternal. The self you made, evil and full of sin, is meaningless. Your sinlessness is guaranteed by God, and light and joy and peace abide in us. Salvation requires the acceptance of one thought. We are as God created us, and now what we made of ourselves. This is in Lesson 93, guys. We should be, we should be practicing these thoughts every day. And, you know, I was thinking about the end of ending the dream of death the dream of the illusion of being the body in time and space. And restoring ourselves, you know, it's not about the crucifixion, it is about the resurrection. And that future happiness is mine now, not to, not to, not to project into the future, you know, not to, not to um, be content with future happiness in the text. It doesn't have any meaning, because if I'm missing my happiness, the truth of the light and the peace and the joy that I am here and now, eternally, changelessly, forever, then I'm missing the mark. And I think that's what the Bible calls sin. I'm missing the mark right here and right now. Right now. So um, I'm free now. I'm happy, joyous, and free now. And this is my choice. I choose heaven and I, or I choose hell. And, you know, the, this whole idea, because being in a painful body, I, I mean, I've had days where I really felt like, just take me out. I'm ready. To, I'm ready. I'm not suicidal, so I couldn't, couldn't kill myself. And I couldn't even, I mean, I'm, I'm against taking opioids, you know. I mean, I'm like, if I have to, if I have to depend on Tylenol, that's bad enough. That's magic. I want to believe and trust 
in what God promises me is the truth, that his will for me is perfect happiness, the immediacy of salvation. So abiding in peace is some days, you know, the closest I can get and, you know, that the body is neutral, the world is neutral, my thoughts are, are never neutral. They're either loving or they're fearful. And if I'm not in peace, I, I can't be aware, I can't be conscious enough of being aware of the difference that I'm choosing heaven right here, right now. That's the immediacy of my, me saving myself because only I can crucify, only I can hurt myself, or only I can save myself. And I can't help anybody until I know this is the way it works. Because everything, all perception is a projection. And I only see the world the way I know I am inside myself. Or I'm just projecting all my misery, my self-made misery that I'm not taking responsibility for upon the world. And blaming it for my misery. That's how projection, the projection of perception works. And that there's no guilt or sin or in the world that I haven't projected upon it. As there is none in me when I accept the atonement. That I can't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm a spiritual being trying a physical experience on for size and seeing how, how much I call on the perfect love within me to rise to the occasion. <laughs> how much can I love myself today? <laughs> if I have to sit, sit in a chair all day and, um, you know, find something else to do besides go for a beloved walk in the woods, then oh, I will be happy and content doing that. You know, but that's been a struggle in this whole, Jude couldn't be a nurse anymore. Jude couldn't be a gardener anymore. Jude couldn't, Jude couldn't be a skier anymore. Jude can't even take a good, healthy walk in the woods. Jude, Jude's idea of Jude has been smashed. Dies every day. A little bit more. You think you can lose a little bit more until you've lost all of yourself. Only then we can truly find our real big capital. Let it all go, let it all go, and let God be God in us. It's way bigger, way holier, way happier, way more joyful and peaceful than anything we could ever hope for in this world. I'm complete. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Jude. I loved your share. Thank you very much, Judy. This is Sandra again, really quick. I love that you focused on God's plan for me as perfect happiness because I'm beginning to understand that my perfect happiness is contingent upon my ability to forgive myself and every and everyone and the whole world. I'm complete. Thank you. Uh, everyone, Thank you, this is Jennifer Her. again. Sorry. 
Thank you, Sandra. That's the truth. <laughs> we have to forgive ourselves, for, but we have to be aware. We have to face our fears, our anger, our hostilities. I remember reading in the text, we tolerate our own hostility that we can't even give a simple blessing. And I thought, (laughs) that whole being irritated, you know, that the slightest irritation is the same as a murderous rage because there's no time or distance or measure of it. It's, It's a complete loss of our capital self. We're either all in or we're all out, and that's the truth. Because the truth is true, and nothing but the truth is true. So help us, God. Amen. This is Jennifer. Can you hear? Yes, yes, Jennifer. Okay, cool. (laughs) I didn't think I could be heard. all right. Well, I wanted to say um, my my mom has to share a story and then go back to the lesson today. Um, what I'm getting out of it and in the immediacy of salvation in present time. My mom <clears throat> my mom has low back problems, um, and I have a similar uh, belief as her in my low back. So so I feel I perceive. And, or it wouldn't surprise me, and she's 25 years older than I, and now she's in incredible, incredible pain. And this is a woman that uh, was taken care of most of her life, uh, mentally, uh, you know, like all of us, or, or some of, I can't say all of us, but most people until you uh, remember who you are, you're kind of nuts, I guess. <laughs> In so many words, you know, you're disconnected from love. And so, um, anyways, that, in my perception, in what I see, feel from her is, is in her low back. And, um, and so, what I'm trying to um, correlate back to the lesson is, I hear Jesus saying in this lesson, I don't have to continue to suffer uh, or create my life from suffering retribution on myself or anybody else. If I am willing uh, uh, to remember my innocence and the truth about me, which means the truth about my mother, and about everybody that's difficult to relate with in my life. And, and those that are difficult for me to relate with, it's real grounded vigilance in each moment to just allow the Holy Spirit to uh, speak through me. And then I have no, uh, everything's in present time. And the innocence is restored for my, not only myself, but everybody that's in that room, knowingly, unknowingly. And that's what's happened with the most difficult person in my life, the biggest teacher in my life, my mother. I am now at peace, no longer war. And uh, I've, uh, uh, it has come to me and from my heart that I will, I will 
take care of her when she can't take care of herself alone or by herself. So this is huge. Uh, this is what innocence looks like and what freedom and true salvation looks like in present time. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you for that. This is Jennifer. One more caveat. My mom is showing me her gift to me in some ways is what not to do. That is the most splendid gift. She is showing me the belief. And I, if I believe in retribution against her, then I'm doing that against myself. And so I, too, could create a low back problem where I have to merge the, 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 the disc with a, a rod in my back and um, all this stuff. And I just, she's showing me unknowingly that I don't have to suffer that fate if I am willing to be vulnerable and be in present time with everything, starting with myself and God. I'm complete. It's lovely. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to, to really universalize and, and generalize the, the difference between the dream and the ego thought system of being in the body and the world and, and the difference between the insanity of, of all that kind of thinking in the world and, and the way the Course presents to me reality, capital reality as God created us as he created reality, as he created the kingdom of heaven to be. And to identify myself with that, capital that, in its oneness and its wholeness and its completion. Because that is the way I become miracle-minded within the world. You know, that I'm, 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 I'm in, in the world, that I'm not of the world. And it's a trans, transcendental... Um, kind of of consciousness, Christ consciousness, that is aware of everything as love itself. And the text speaks of that again today, that in in order to bring it, to bring it, bring myself in the world to everything in the world in that holy relationship, as my oneness with it, is the only way that I can wake up the kingdom from the dream to restore the minds of the souls, individual souls in the kingdom. You know, even though they're, they appear as being in bodies, it, it's all one-mindedness, and I have to, to acknowledge and claim that one-mindedness in order, in order to see myself in, as myself, as oneself, in order to heal it, because all the the physical manifestations of 
sin, sickness, suffering, and death are a result of seeing ourselves as the body. And that has to be let go. That personal, I made myself illusion. It's a total illusion. It's a figment of our imagination. Imagination, image. Get it? This image, idol image, I made of myself. The Course speaks of this, this self-image, self-concept. Judy's got to go. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's essential. The absence of Judy makes room for the capital presence of the totality of my one self. One or the other. I'm just going on. I'm sorry. Um, I just really, really want clarity in my mind about it, what it is I'm doing here, why it is I came, what my purpose is. And then I'm, Judy's not the one doing it. That's the Son of God that's come to remember who he is to restore the kingdom to the kingdom, the awareness of the oneness to the oneness itself. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. This is Jennifer again. This morning I woke up, or just before that time coming to coming out of this sleep, I, I feel like I'm coming out of a lesson on, in my dream, right, sometimes. And what I heard my true self, Jennifer, the Christ, say was, um, uh, Jennifer, um, you're, you have two choices of what you listen to. The Christ within you, Jennifer Christ, or or the ego. The ego is not the problem. It's just, it's just you've been listening to the ego. So there's no problem, but your peace and, and who you really are is in <clears throat> listening and responding from that space of, of Jennifer the Christ. So I understand that we're moving out of a time of having the Holy Spirit hold our hand. We can we can use that. Oh, it's sad when we get really lost. Probably so do I. But the Christ within me is here. Jennifer, the Christ. It's like Judy, the Christ. Lori, the Christ. Lamorne, the Christ is here, ever present at all times, but I have to make my goal to uh, be vigilant and listening to the Christ within me and you, and then there's no problem. I love you, and I bridge that to you in peace. I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. We're one and the same, sister. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Yes, circumstance doesn't dictate who we are. 
and it never will. And we're all here to remind each other that unknown meaning or knowing It's so important for me to realize that everyone has their own um, curriculum and that I, I can only, um, to the best of my ability, try to express something that's very vital. It is my life to me. And in, in a way, you know, words are words are they just don't even touch it. As soon as we start talking, we've sliced and diced it up, and it, and it's not true. We can't speak of, just to say the word truth is like, <laughs> the truth isn't the word truth, you know. It's like the word isn't the thing. So um, just to recognize that all thoughts are words and ideas and 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 beliefs and concepts are all fragments of it. And so everyone's got their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own beliefs, their own concepts. And, and what feels really perfectly true to you is what you have to discover and experience for yourself. You can't, I couldn't read it. Reading books helped me, but I had to sit down and be knowingly myself. And that to be it is the only way to know it. I couldn't learn it. You can't learn what love is. You have to be love to know what love is. And this is this is the singular spiritual truth for me. You have to be it to know it. And it's the same with being anything else. You know what it what it feels like to to be a um, to be a, an angry. You can say two words, an angry person, but it's really being anger is what you're being. And what does that feel like? You know, what is what use is it? What purpose does it serve? And really looking at those kinds of beingness, what is, how is it I'm being? And what does that feel like? What is it for me to be this experience of this? Immediately now, here, is what the, the text speaks specifically to. Because if I'm not mindful, if I'm not conscious of how I'm being, then I'm in my head in the perception of form, the thinking about it, which is absolutely nowhere. It's only in my mind. <laughs> Itty bitty committee. Enough out of me. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Hi, this is Sarah. I came on late. Um, I <clears throat> I was think, feeling about how sometimes I can remember who I am more readily in stillness, alone, being, surrendering, being. And then sometimes... <clears throat> Like yesterday, um, it wasn't until I 
moved into um, joining, you know, went to volunteer at a horse ranch and <laughs> be around people and animals and um, and in that joining, in that, then I remembered who I am. And it wasn't me. It wasn't as much small s, but... <clears throat> and then sometimes I... Yeah, so I'm I'm finding lately that I, I need to move into action or um, interaction... <laughs> Um, to remember who I am, and uh, and then when I'm alone, when I have to be alone, which is a lot of the time, <clears throat> at night, and so, uh, well, a lot of the time, then I really probably I I need either some kind of gentle, mindful action, or or I need stillness. I need to practice surrendering and letting go, and joining with the Christ within, the Christ with the Holy Spirit, with whatever it is in that moment to me. Oh, but, um, and it, even this morning, even though I, yeah, I, I couldn't remember who I was. I couldn't feel my wholeness or my safety or my Christ self until I started to listen and interact, um, I mean, even by just listening. Oh, so I'm trying to give myself hope and grace when I'm lost that maybe I, maybe, you know, joining, interacting will be a way back to remembering. So I don't always know, but I am sorting it out or experiencing, experimenting, what will help me remember and help me forget and help me let go and help me feel whole again or feel alive and holy. Thanks for letting me share. That was beautiful, Sarah. Just beautiful. Love the simplicity of that. Thank you. Especially the emphasis on uh, that you placed on sharing. I think I heard. Um, here's kind of a cool thing before before we started um, sharing about the exact reading that we're reading here. I wrote on my paper that unless I share the Holy Spirit's awareness, His presence, His constant presence fades from my own awareness and uh, and I discovered that the hard way uh, I think I learned most everything the hard way um, but it's it's just so absolutely true um, that unless I share it um, it's shimmering it's shimmering nowness uh, dissipates from my awareness and and the other thing I wrote on my page before we started was that um, in my experience um, there's this thing that happens in meditation or in quieting my mind and centering on 
uh, the thoughts God would have me think, um, that it it tends to grow and become itself the next day. And over time, I realized it's like it's like this: the seeds I plant in silent awareness today sprout my garden tomorrow. And these variabilities, this, I, I forget to remember, I forget to remember like waves on the sea uh, of my mind, that variability tends to diminish. And I am so pleased to discover that today lived well turns into a beautiful tomorrow. And after a while, today is just always today, you know? And that sense of close distance, close distance, close distance, you're, you're here, you're not, you're here, you're not, um, tends to just dissolve, you know? And that's, that's, to me, the way Holy Spirit makes use of time to return me always to present moment awareness so that today's seeds do become tomorrow's flowers in my awareness. I don't know how that works, uh, except that the more I attend to holiness, the more holiness reverberates in my awareness. And, uh, and, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, oh, Sarah. You inspired that. I love that word, attend. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, Sarah. And duty and uh, Lori. Yeah, this I left the left the call open there. Uh, thinking I should bring something here. And, uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I think I will uh, because this is, I think, you know, this the game, this section today talks about the game we play where, you know, we, we see something far away as uh, in space as a cause for fear instead of just letting it be way over there and not in our present moment, now we fear time because over time it may come to us or something. You know, it's like play this game between time and space that is only only uh, driven by a belief in separation, a separation of time and space as, that would um, seem to prove a uh, breakdown in the fabric, very fabric of reality, which is unity. And so let me uh, get to the right part here. Because I think it's interesting. It, it might seem paradoxical, but I think uh, one of the 
get to what he says is a solution for this being lost in time and space and having things seem separate. So in the section, uh, chapter 5, Time and Eternity, he says the ego will not be destroyed because it is a part of your thought, but because it is uncreative and therefore unsharing, it will be reinterpreted entirely to release you from fear. Sorry, I had to let the cat in. Okay, and this is uh, this is healing. All healing is released from fear. So, uh, then the next sentence, the part of your thought which you have given to the ego will merely return to the kingdom where your whole mind belongs. The ego is a form of arrest, but arrest is merely delay. And there's that entry of time as a separator. So, after he advises not to look in the ego's dark glass, he says, it is still true that where you look to find yourself is up to you. He says, the higher court will not condemn you. It will merely dismiss the case against you. There can be no case against the child of God and every witness to guilt in God's creation is bearing false witness to God himself. Appeal everything you believe gladly to God's own higher court because it speaks for him and therefore speaks truly. It will dismiss the case against you or your brother or the world or time or space, whatever. It will dismiss the case however carefully you have built it. The case may be foolproof, but it is not God-proof. The voice for God will not hear it at all because he can only witness, witness truly. His verdict will always be, thine is the kingdom, because he was given you to remind you of what you are. Your patience with each other is your patience with yourself. We're going to say it again. Your patience with your brother is your patience with yourself. Is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience. Let me read the, translate this one too. Jesus has shown us, or Christ has shown us infinite patience because his will is that of our Father, from whom he learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me as it is in you, speaking for patience towards the Sonship in the name of its Creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effects. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity or delay is exchanged for now. 
Infinite patience calls upon infinite love. And by producing results now, it renders time unnecessary. And uh, there's one other place where it speaks of uh, infinite patience. And uh, there's a lot in this section. And I think it relates to our reading today pretty well. Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom. Section 8, The Total Commitment. And he talks about how denial, um, through denial of our brothers, we deprive ourselves, and that this is the negative side of the law as it operates in this world. So, let me, yeah, let me start here. The gift of life is yours to give because it was given you. You are unaware of your gift because you do not give it. Only honor is a fitting gift for those whom God himself created worthy of honor and whom he honors. Give them the appreciation which God accords them always because they are his beloved sons in whom he is well pleased. You cannot be apart from them because you are not apart from him. Rest in his love and protect your rest by loving. But love everything he created of which you are a part, or you cannot learn of his peace and accept his gift for yourself and as yourself. You cannot know your own perfection until you have honored all those who were created like you. One child of God is the only teacher sufficiently worthy to teach another. One teacher is in all our minds, and he teaches the same lesson to all. He always teaches you the inestimable worth of every son of God teaching it with infinite patience, born of the love for him whom he seeks. Every attack is a call for his patience, since only his patience can translate attack into blessing. Those who attack do not know they are blessed. They attack because they believe they are deprived. Give, therefore, of your abundance and teach your brothers theirs. Do not share their delusions of scarcity or you will perceive yourself as lacking. Boy, that just vibrates me all over the place. Thank you okay, so much. Yeah, there's, and I don't know if there's more towards the in, the end of the section, <laughs> but I don't want to spend all day reading at you. So um, it's not all day; it's just a few more paragraphs. One more sentence: You are the will of God. You are the will of God. Do not accept anything else as your will 
or you are denying what you are. Deny this and you will attack, believing you have been attacked. But see the love of God in you and you will see it everywhere because it is everywhere. Yeah, he goes on. (laughs) The peace of God is understanding this. And I'll read a little more for his duty loves that I know. There is only one way out of the world thinking, just as there was only one way into it. Understand totally by understanding totality. Anyway, um, thank you, Lori, um, for the interruption. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Uh, I get kind of again. excited. Yeah, that, that's uh, Section 7, or sorry, Chapter 7, Section 8, the total commitment. Um, you know, it doesn't take any more, doesn't take a great deal of effort to accept what is, but to get to unity does require that one task, accepting the atonement for ourselves, <laughs> or myself put it in proper first person. So thank you all for being here, those who were here and reading, those who were just listening, and especially all those who shared this morning. And I'll end the recording here. The call will go on for a little while longer. <laughs>